Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And this is episode 112. 112! This episode's guest is drummer, music businessman, producer, technologist, and musician, David Frangioni. In the past, he has written for Rolling Stone, Mix, and Rob Report, and is the founder of the Frangioni Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to inspiring children through drums and music. Frangioni also is the author of the book Crash, The World's Greatest Drum Kids, which is a visual journey through the world of rock and jazz drumming, along with the photography from iconic rock photographer Mark Weiss. Within Crash, you'll see drum kits from musicians such as Carl Palmer, Ringo Starr, Buddy Rich, Eric Singer, Keith Moon, Peter Chris, Alex Van Halen, Lars Ulrich, Louis Belson, and many, many, many more. During our chat, we talked about Crash and what lessons we learned behind the stories of these classic drum kits, along with all the high-profile bands he's worked with along his long career in the music industry. We do a lot of talk on about Aerosmith and I think a lot about Ozzy Osbourne. So this is a very cool episode. Before we get into this interview with David Frangioni, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music 
of Fresh of the Word, which I got word the full song will be out in the near future, I guess, on a full-length free mixtape sort of thing from Bang Belushi via Middle Finger Music. Shout out to Foulmouth. And shout out to Pat313. Pat and also, I just we definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and share any links of episodes on any of your social media platforms. You can also subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much everywhere that podcasts are distributed to and streamed from. Just, you know, just a, just a listen to this list that I have. There's links on the website. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, and Radio Public. And there's probably a bunch of other applications you can listen to Fresh of the Word at. Just type in Fresh of the Word and it should come up. And if you want to leave a rating or review, that would help on any platform, especially Apple Podcasts. If I see something, yo, it'd be cool if you uh, do that. Definitely give a shout out. You can always, if you have any questions for me, let me give you a shout out on air. Uh, have any other statements about something you heard? You can always email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. And also you can follow me on Twitter at, I just changed it. So I'm going to have to go update the website and everything. But it's kfresh is the word on twitter i'm still at kelly omega fresh on instagram and facebook.com slash kfresh you know give a you know give a shout out on any of the platforms i'll definitely at least like it i'll probably respond and then also you can follow fresh of the word on twitter at fitw podcast which i might change soon because i hate the way that looks Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast. I like that one, but see Twitter, I it's too Fresh of the Word Podcast is too long for Twitter. I'm like, Ugh. and then Facebook at Fresh of the Podcast. Eh, maybe I'll just do Twitter. Okay, whatever. But uh, that's enough with me rambling about where you can find Fresh of the Word. Please definitely support the podcast, and and it would be very much appreciated. So enough of me rambling. Let's get into the interview with David Frangioni. Cool. We're going to uh, talk a lot about drums during this interview. I, I would assume you're, you've written this book, uh, Crash, along with a photography from Mark Weiss. How did you originally you know, get into music? Um, when I was two years old, I started playing the drums, and it uh, turns out that I had retinoblastoma at two, which is cancer of the eye. And, um, they had to remove my right eye and insert a prosthetic. And so I had a very traumatic childhood that music really ended up being the refuge for me. And, um, and I just fell in love with music and uh, drumming and, you know, never stopped playing or pursuing my passion since the age of two. I have a very deep connection with the drums and with music. Um, and then, of course, in my teens, I fell in love with technology, which really became my calling as far as my career. And uh, all of these, you know, all these passions converged. And um, I've never taken a day off and never had a job. 
So how does that, how, how lucky is that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> so I love what I do. What is it about the drum that you have such a connection to? You know, all the things that we captured in Crash, the, the, the musical part of it, the, the physical tribal part of it, how cool I think drums look, how great drums sound. Um, just, I just love the, this, the music of drumming, you know, like I can listen to a drum solo or I can listen to a great groove drummer and it, they both, I, I get a high from either of them because I'm in touch with, you know, what it's doing. And, and, and a lot of times you're not consciously thinking, you know, that this is a drum such and such, this is a certain drum beat, or this is a certain drum sound. I mean, when you're analyzing to learn something about it, you think about it, but most of the time it's, it's just this emotional, um, you know, just feeling that you get uh, because, you know, you're tuned into it. Yeah, you have, like I mentioned before, you have this uh, book, Crash, the World's Greatest Drum Kits. It, uh, it showcases many yeah. uh, famous drum kits, you know, from the likes of Ringo Starr to Alex Van Halen, you have there's all, all, all sorts of different famous drum kits. You know what was the what was the sort of idea behind doing this book? Well, I had amassed a collection over the years through my career of iconic drum sets. I always had an interest in them. I always believed that it made sense uh, because, first of all, they have value. So. Um, you know, if you're buying a drum kit that's, um, you know, expensive, uh, then, you know, you want to make sure that it actually has value as well. Um, and I found that there was this blend of, of, you know, collectible musical instruments that I'd love to have and to preserve. And, um, and, you know, after the collection got to a certain size, you know, I really, I really got serious about, what, how do I share, how do I share this collection? How do I, how do I have, how, how is this the legacy of this collection and the, and the, uh, the, the beauty, the power, the inspiration, the emotion of this collection? How does it, how is it much bigger than me? Um, it doesn't make sense to me for me to have a collection of drum kits, preserve them, their legacy, their heritage, their importance, and only for my enjoyment. That that just didn't seem like it just didn't make sense to me. It wasn't wasn't fulfilling. Um, if I had a couple of drum kits, okay, you know, it's my own personal thing. But once it got large enough, it's like this has to be shared. The, the purpose of this is much greater than one man's collection. And um, and so I put the book together. You know, I, I ran into Mark Weiss. I was with the guys from Kiss. And, and on a, we were, I was hanging out with them for a week when they were doing this little uh, south, southeastern tour jaunt, and we were flying around on their jet and everything else. And Mark Weiss was the other guest because he was um, doing uh, photos for them for an upcoming uh, European tour that they needed uh, photos for. So they were doing them on these little one-off dates. They were doing the photo shoots, and so Mark and I became fast friends. He already had a book deal with the same publisher as my publisher, Insight Editions. So we immediately clicked, and I said, "Well, you know, it would be an incredible honor if you would shoot the drum kits for the, for Crash." Um, and he was like, "Yeah, that's amazing." And here we are. 
Awesome, awesome. When you sort of take all these drum kits that are featured in this book, what is sort? Of, is there sort of a common theme, a common story that kind of goes, you know, that's behind every one of these drum kits of all these famous drummers throughout rock and pop music history? Absolutely, and it, and it would be inspiration. Every one of those kits has uh, get gives you this feeling and inspires you, and it's to the degree that it does it will, of course, depend on what the person's interests are. So, if you're a Keith Moon fanatic, we have his premier reissue kit of Pictures of Lily, one of the most iconic rock drum kits ever created. The kit in its original form is, has been broken up into pieces all over the world, so it doesn't exist as a kit anymore. But Premier did a very limited reissue of it uh, with the Keith Moon Estate in the early 2000s, and it's very rare, although a reproduction. Um, and we have the full kit, of course. And so you look at that kit, and if you're, you know, and you just brings back so many memories and so many incredible. Uh, thoughts and of Keith Moon and the Who and that time period and the innovations and all all about it. Then you look at the Neil Peart R30 kit, or you look at uh, one of Buddy Rich's kits, or you look at one of Alex Van Halen's kits, or Carl Palmer's stainless steel kit, which is one of the kits on the cover, which I got from Ringo Starr and after he got it from Carl. Um, there's just so much inspiration everywhere. Whether you're a drummer, whether you're a drum nut whether you just love musical instruments, whether you're a collector, there's so many different types of people that this book is for. And I'm really proud of that because, you know, the great thing about having a book like this is for the rest of eternity, it can get handed down. People can share it with their kids. They can use it to inspire each other. They can use it to make a day that might be a little glum, a lot nicer. They can use it for ideas about their own drum kit setups. They can reference it for history, although that wasn't really the purpose of the book, but it serves that in some capacity. Uh, there's so many layers to the inspiration that this book brings, and that was really the crowning achievement. Yeah, you've worked with so many legendary artists, Ozzy, Aerosmith, Stones, Ringo Starr, Sting. And is there anything that you've noticed about working with that sort of pedigree of uh, music stardom that sort of, you know, resonates with all of them? Oh, absolutely. Um, the standard is incredibly high. The focus and the... Um, the get it done right and once. Right. Um, and I work for clients that aren't rock stars, but are, who are very successful and very wealthy. And, and, and I say that because it's the same standard there too. So there's a, there's a set of principles that apply to all of these situations that if you subscribe to them and you, uh, and you really you know, deliver the goods, then, um, you know, you find that from one to the other to the other, you're able to be successful. And that includes, uh, without a doubt, getting it right the first time, focusing, uh, being very committed to hard work and results, having a great attitude, bringing great energy to, to the moment, uh, being prepared, um, and, you know, I, I, I've had the honor of, of, through all my hard work, earning a lot of 
gold records and, and different accolades. And I'm, I'm in my office right now and uh, on the Just Push Play platinum record that Steven Tyler personally gave to me, he had inscribed on the presented to plaque where the RIAA symbol is. It says, he who gets the job done right the first time, you're one in a million and you can keep the change. Love, Steven. When did you... And that's, I think, that says it all. Right. When did you um, have to learn that sort of lesson? And how did you learn that lesson that, hey, we got to you know, do all this right the first time? And how did you prepare yourself to have that sort of level of you know, work ethic? Well, uh, those, you know, the, the first, in terms of the work ethic, I got that from my, my mom and dad. Uh, they were incredibly hardworking people um, that instilled a work ethic and, and put into my, my subconscious, right, where, where it's always on, that, that you, get, you only get what you work for. So, you know, don't expect more. Uh, and don't expect anything if you don't work hard or harder for it. Um, so I've subscribed to that. And I remember when I really learned that lesson as an early, in my early teens, um, and I never took a day off after it. So I guess maybe I took it to the extreme. Uh, but it certainly does work, working hard. Not saying that everybody's as out of balance as I am, but uh, for sure um, a work ethic is something that, you know, you need to, you need to have. Um, and that's how I got it from my parents in terms of learning the principles of how to be successful in these environments with high pressure, um, oftentimes last minute, pretty intense projects. Uh, I learned it by making a ton of mistakes and by having a couple of mentors early on in my life. And, um, and so I, through the hard work, I kept putting myself into different situations and some of them I succeeded and some of them I failed. And every time I would fail, I would look at what happened and I would analyze it. And, and you know, the good thing was I wasn't failing at the same thing all the time. So I kept learning new things, you know. So I'd, like, make the mistake, fix it, make a different mistake, fix that. So eventually, you, you know, you get most things right. And, um, and that kind of added up to uh to my philosophy and i did a lot of reading a lot of studying um you know read a lot of books by you know a lot of the greats all the usual stuff early on dale carnegie and napoleon hill and joe gerard and you know tony robbins and and then you know then you start drilling down more and more and more into um you know stephen campbell and you know all of these not as mainstream million selling books, but some really, really insightful um, data that, you know, hopefully helps you, you know, be a better person and be a better professional when you're hired. And um, that's what it's all about. The integrity of, you know, coming through for the people that hire you. How important is preparation in regards to everything that you do in your industry? I think it's usually important to everything. Um, I, you know, uh, one of the greatest compliments I ever got was God bless one of the Bee Gees, uh, had an, an opportunity to work with them when they were all, you know, when the three Bee Gees, Robin and 
Barry and uh, Morris were all alive in the late 90s, and the band was thriving. They just put on a new album. They were based in Miami, where I live now, and I was you know, working pretty closely with them. And I got this great compliment one day, um, and one of, the guy, one of the brothers said, you know why we have you around? And I said, in their accent, and I said, well, because uh, I know what I'm doing. They go, yeah, that's part of it. But they said, it's because you wear a belt and suspenders. <laughs> I know it's a little British, even though they're from Australia, but uh, it's uh, it's it was perfectly said. It's that's preparation. That's that's saying, okay, these five things can go wrong. So here are the anecdotes. These three other things probably won't go wrong, but here are the anecdotes anyway. And this thing over here always works. And here's the anecdote: if and when it doesn't. Great. What sort of advice would you have to any sort of newcomers, whether they're drummers or any, you know, anything in regards to technology in the music industry? What sort of uh, advice would you have them when they're for them if they're trying to break into the music industry? Well, we all know how tough of an industry it is. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the 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 bottom line is that um, you have to you do have to know your craft. You have to work really hard at, at being a great drummer in whatever uh, genre that you want to be. You know, I mean, versatility is always great depending on, you know, if you want to be a session musician or, or you want to get different types of gigs. Um, if you want to be a rock drummer, then, you know, you listen to the great rock drummers and learn from them and practice and get technique um, and become a great musical drummer in whatever style that makes you happy, that makes you fulfilled. Um, you've got drummers that are very technical, drumistic drummers that can play really fast and do all these amazing things on the drum kit. You wouldn't find those drummers playing in a band like Led Zeppelin because <laughs> that music uh, doesn't apply to that. But you might find them playing in a prog band or something like that, or dream theater, and then you've got drummers that play, like, you know, one of the greatest drummers in history is John Bonham. He could be as drumistic as anyone when he took the drum solo. But when he played with the band, he played the most innovative, heavy, perfect drum beats and fills that, you, that made Led Zeppelin what they were and what they will always be. Um, but that's learned. You know, that's from doing the work. That's from putting the time in. And, you know, he practiced and he, uh, you know, listened to other drummers and, and got really proficient, played with other musicians, and then, then it becomes your own from there. But to start out, you've just got to be ready. You've got to do the work. And then you've got to go out there and you've got to really um, network and, um, and get to know people in the business and let your playing do the talking. Who is your favorite drummer of all time? And then also, who is your favorite drummer that you've ever worked with? Well, I have to say my favorite drummer of all time is Carl Palmer because he is the drummer that inspired me first. Um, Buddy Rich, Jill Morello, and Louis Belson would be my favorite drummers after that. Um, and he was very inspired by Buddy Rich as well. So, um and then in terms of the greatest, my favorite drummer to work, I mean, that's, 
that's tough because there's a lot of great drummers that I've had the privilege to work with and get to know. Um, and I got to know Carl Palmer. We did a, we did a drum duet. If you can imagine, imagine growing up as a kid in Boston mass with nothing and watching this, this, this king of the drums play stadiums behind a custom made stainless steel drum kit that sounded different than anything else on the planet. It was absolutely one of the greatest sounding drum kits and greatest looking drum kits in the history of drum kits. And, um, and then fast forward 40 years later and I'm on stage with them doing a drum duet that I then mix the DVD co-produced the DVD <laughs> that the drum duet is on Carl Palmer legacy live at Olympia theater in Miami. And, uh, we become great friends and I have the same list. Okay. Crazy. <laughs> Completely. Nice. When, um, when you're working with all these musicians, what's sort of your role in everything? Do you, are you sort of guiding what their, their vision or do you ever almost become part of the band? Like what is your role in everything? Um, my role is usually a one-stop shop. It's usually, um, uh, it's usually to be the technologist. Um, it's usually to be the engineer. It's usually to be the MIDI guy, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's like the one man show. That's my role. Somebody, an artist brings me in. I can build their recording studio work on the first record they do after they finish the studio if they want or train whoever their engineer is, help them with all aspects of their technology and uh, basically, you know, just be a one-man show. What's been the, your favorite record that you've been a part of, you know, doing any sort of work on? <sighs> I mean, I'd have to say get a grip just because it's one of the biggest selling records in history. And it was really a big deal for turning Aerosmith around. How, you know, how was it at that time? Cause yeah, like you said that, um, that was a, a big album for Aerosmith. Um, it really did turn them around. Um, you know, what was sort of the mood of the band during that time when they were making that record, you know, from your perspective? Um, the, you know, it was it was coming off a pump. Uh, there was incredible energy, um, incredible creative juices. They were still still the early days of co-writing songs. Um, you know, they brought Taylor Rhodes in, who ended up doing "Crying," um, and they brought Mark Hudson in, who did "Living on the Edge." And it was just incredible collaborations and incredible um, energy. And um, you know, it's just like that once in a lifetime. You know, that just I was working with the right band at the right time and was able to, uh, you know, be a part of history in, in a way that's, um, you know, really, really special. What, um, you know, what are you working on uh, right now? You know, do you have any projects in the mix, uh, whether it's just working with bands or things that you're uh, sort of curating outside of the, uh, the crash book? Um. I am working on uh, a lot of projects with one of my companies, Audio One. I'm doing some artist development. 
for a couple of different artists. Um, I am, uh, you know, right now it's promoting and spreading the good word of my two books, Crash and Icon, which came out less than two months from each other, both on Inside Editions, um, and, you know, running the, the Audio One technology company and working, um, you know, as a technologist with all different bands and all different clients. I mean, I have over 60 concurrent projects going on um, <laughs> in all different facets because I, you know, I do business as a businessman. I'm, I'm doing deal making uh, as an artist development person, I'm coaching and helping artists put their careers together as a technologist. I'm, you know, building facilities and studios for different clients. As the owner of Audio One, we're doing, uh, you know, turnkey installations and, and design-build projects uh, for technology spaces all over the world. So I've got a lot of, uh, lot of irons in the fire. Now, being around, uh, you know, so long and working with such high-profile uh, ta- talent, you know, from your perspective, you know, how has the, the music industry changed uh, throughout those years from your perspective and you know what do you think people uh, need to do to survive the music industry these days especially with so many different changes in technology and the internet and whatnot well the the music business has changed and it's never going back to to what it was and you know now it's just a lot harder to you know to make a living at it and um and, you know, you just got to, you got to find what you love. I mean, that's really the key thing. It's just, you know, the, the music business is where you'll end up, but you're there because you love what you do. And, um, and whatever that is, when I started out, I thought for sure I was going to be the world's greatest drummer when I was 10 years old. <laughs> By the time I was 16, I, I realized that I wanted to be a great drummer, but my career and calling was in technology. And so I just immersed myself in it and followed my heart and uh, worked really hard to uh, be able to have a career in it. In regards to technology and music, you know, what's your thoughts about that? Because there is a lot of technology out there now. Uh, it's making a lot of uh, things, you know, much more easier. A lot, you can record things a lot easier. Uh, there's so many more options out there. You know, what is your thoughts about the way technology in the music industry has gone? Well, um, the, you know, the tech, it just keeps growing. I mean, someone asked me the other day, like, you know, you, you've been in this for 34 years. Uh, what has been, you know, like how, how much have you seen change? And I'm like, <laughs> everything, you know, I mean, it's been 150 sea changes, you know. So um, it really comes down to, uh, you know, just keeping up with it and following your heart and, always staying on top of it and you know and the the next thing you know you know you'll you'll be somewhere in regards to the technology and music is there anything that you miss that was that existed in previous generations of the music industry that maybe isn't around anymore just in regards to the technology um say that what what was the question is there any like just in regards to technology in the mu- in music? Is there anything that might have existed that was prominent in other generations, previous generations of music, 
that maybe isn't as prominent or doesn't even exist anymore that you just uh, miss? Um, no, not really. Not that I miss. No, I, um, you know, I, everything just keeps evolving. And I think that, um, you know, we just, you just look at, you know, everything that's coming out and, and you just, you know, it just keeps getting, you know, better, faster, you know, more reliable, you know, just, just keeps, you know, just growing, you know, just everything just keeps on, it just keeps evolving. Um, you know, we had dedicated sequencers, uh, years ago and, and dedicated drum machines. And now you find that everything's kind of in, uh, you know, in one thing and it just, you know, it just, um, technology just keeps, keeps churning around. Being that you've been in the music industry for, you know, decades now, you know, thinking back to those early years when you were first, you know, stepping your toes into the real music industry, you know, what's your greatest memories of that time? Um, you know, just every time you got, you you got to work with a new client, that was the, that was really the most exciting thing is to be able to, you know, just experience all of these different clients. You know, I mean, it's really such an honor, you know, such an honor to, to work with, uh, you know, Ozzy and Aerosmith and all these amazing bands. Like it's just, you know, just that's what makes, that's what really is, um, you know, that's, what, that's really what I, my memories of like, as I work with these different clients, you know, like you just, you just never forget. Do you sort of remember the first moment that you had that where you realized, hey, this could be my career. This might actually work out. No, not, not really. I just, uh, I just started consulting and just kept working, working at it. And, um, I never really, uh, um, you know, I, I never, uh, no, I don't, I can't say that, uh, you know, it didn't really happen that way for me. For me, I, I was, um, you know, I, I just started consulting and I never, I never had a plan B, I guess would be the best way to put it. <laughs> If anybody listening to this interview, um, doesn't matter what sort of creative industry that they're in, if they could, you know, extract one bit of one lesson, one bit of knowledge from your career and, and to, and, you know, apply it to their own life, you know, what would that be? Never give up. Cool, cool. Never, ever give up. That's what you should get from, from my career and life, that you can start with nothing and, and accomplish whatever it is that you want. Awesome. It's been great talking with you, uh, David. Uh, before we get out of here, where can people go online to find out more information about what you've been doing? Well, they can go to frangionimedia.com. They can look up my social at David Frangioni, F-R-A-N-G-I-O-N-I. And um, I hope everybody enjoys Crash and Icon. 
And um, thank you for, you know, thanks for taking the time to talk about them. Uh, very passionate about these projects and these books. And I think people are really going to enjoy them and should check them out. All right, great, man. It's been great talking with you. And good luck with everything. Thank you, Telly. You too. All right, that was my interview with David Frangioni. Gave a lot, dropped a lot of great advice about the drumming world, about the music business, some great stories about working with Aerosmith. That was pretty awesome. All the links online to be able to, to purchase Crash, the world's greatest drum kits, from David Frangioni and Mark Weiss, along with where all the links to follow David Frangioni are on the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. So great. That was another interview in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.